0: batting for the Cubs Corner, the host, Anthony Pasquale. Hey everybody and welcome to the Cubs Corner podcast, a special second edition of the week, recapping the trade deadline that just occurred yesterday. Yesterday the Chicago Cubs acquired Nicholas Castellanos from the Detroit Tigers and Tony Kemp from the Astros, only giving up two minor league pitchers and Martin Maldonado to the Astros. And to recap the entire deadline, we're here with our American League expert, Bob Fioranti. Thanks for joining us, Bob.
1: Hey, thanks for having me again, Ant.
0: <clears throat> so, you cover the Sox for the most part, and Nicholas Castellanos was in your division and pretty much terrorizing the Sox for the past couple of years. What do you got on Castellanos?
1: Well, I mean, when he came to the ballpark, you always saw that he hit around 285, 290, but when he played the Sox, it seemed like the guy could have missed. He hit about 400 out every series. So, I'm really happy to get that guy out of there because he always killed us.
0: So now he's on the north side of Chicago, and today he's batting in Joe Madden's second spot in the lineup and in right field, moving Hayward over to center. Do you see right field as um, Cassianos' primary position, or maybe third base, left field, or what do you got?
1: Yeah, you know, early in his career, he put a lot of third base, but moving forward. uh... I see him in right field. He's, he's a he's a decent right fielder. He's not going to make the spectacular. But he'll catch his fly balls. He's decent out there. So, yeah, he'll probably hang around right field.
0: If you're comparing him to somebody, how close is he defensively to Schwarber?
1: Um, I bet he's a little better than Schwarber out there. He's probably a little bit better.
0: But he does have some versatility, can play some third base. We know that's something Joe Madden loves. He loves to move guys around. And speaking of versatility, Tony Kemp came over from the Astros to the Cubs. He's batting in the 8th spot today at second base. What do you got on Tony Kemp, Bob?
1: Tony Kemp, he's a real scrappy guy. You know, you don't want to face him in the late innings when it's a one-run game. He'll get on base, he'll steal a bag. He's real scrappy. He finds a way long at-bats. He finds a way on base.
0: And they ranked his contact percentage compared to the rest of the Cubs and if he joined the team right now as he is he's 85% contact in terms of his at-bats which is the most on the Cubs by 10% or more that seems to be one of the Cubs biggest flaws that they struggle making contact They're very feast or famine on the home run ball do you think these additions of Kemp and Castellanos are going to help that out a lot
1: oh yeah definitely well like you said they don't make a lot of contact and they uh, really didn't have a typical leadoff hitter Lately. So Tony Kemp can cover that spot. Uh, Castellanos always got big hits against us, and the Cubs have been struggling with runners in scoring position, so we know he can hit with guys in scoring position. He's pretty good. So, yeah, I think they covered what they needed, too.
0: I see Castellanos switching between either the two spot in the order, which he was with Detroit for the most part, or the five spot, because with a Bryant, Baez, and Rizzo combination in front of him, he should get a lot of opportunities with runners in scoring position, like you said. But nonetheless, he's in the two-hole today, batting behind Jason Hayward, who gets another look in the leadoff spot. Do you think Hayward's there to stay?
1: For now, yeah. Um, not sure what they think about Schwarber in the leadoff spot, but I think I liked him a little bit better than Hayward up there. Uh, We'll see. Uh, Is Tony Kemp in there today?
0: He's uh, batting eighth today.
1: Okay. So we'll see. Maybe he'll be in the leadoff spot, but yeah, no, I don't think Hayward will be there all year.
0: And it definitely seemed like the Cubs wanted to get some speed Tony Kemp definitely provides that, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Can steal a bag. He's really really good around the bases.
0: And in other deadline moves, the Milwaukee Brewers acquired Drew Pomerantz and then traded away Jesus Aguilar to the Rays for a reliever. The St. Louis Cardinals really didn't make much noise. They traded away Jed Jerko to the Dodgers. The Pirates were pretty quiet in the deadline. I believe they traded Corey Dickerson, I think, to the Phillies. And the loudest team of the NL Central was the Cincinnati Reds. What did the Reds do, Bob?
1: Well, they gave away one of my foes, Trevor Bauer. Or they got one of my foes, Trevor Bauer. So happy to see him out of the division. Uh, they also uh, gave the Indians Yasiel Puig, which would bring a lot of drama to the Indians. And they got, um, they got rid of Trammell, who is their best prospect.
0: And he went to the Padres. The Padres gave up Franmil Reyes, I believe is how you pronounce his name. And he's going to the Indians. So the Indians acquire two pretty good bats in Puig and Reyes. The Reds acquire an ace in Bauer, and all the Padres get is a prospect. I really don't understand this deal for any team but the Reds. I think the Reds made a move to get better for the future. What do you think, Bob?
1: Well, all year long, we've played the Indians probably around 12 times, and all year long they've been lacking right-handed power. And they got that with Puig and Reyes which is good. I mean, they, they had no power from the outfield really at all. I mean, they got Tyler Naquin, guys like that. So they addressed that, but then, I mean, they're playing for the wild card almost, I mean if, unless they win the division, but I don't really know who's going to pitch now because Bauer's gone.
0: Exactly. My question is, is it, is it worth acquiring that right-handed power to give up your ace when Kluber, Carrasco, and Sal, Salazar are all out of action right now and not pitching? I don't understand the, uh, the pros and cons there from the Indians' point of view.
1: Yeah, I, I feel that, um, but you got to remember, Terry Francona always makes it work, that guy. He always finds a way, whether it's the bullpen, Oliver Perez coming out there, he always finds a way to make it work with his rotation, so he's probably got a, an idea in mind.
0: And and when you think about right-handed power, why couldn't the Indians just flip two prospects for Castellanos then?
1: That's true. They could have. Maybe they, uh, I don't know, maybe they saw something in Puig and that they wanted more than Castellanos. Maybe was, the price was too high for him. I don't know, because the Cubs didn't give up very much for
0: him. Yeah, they didn't. They gave up two minor league prospects, Alex Lang, and then a guy by the last name of Richard. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. And that that's it. That's all they got to acquire their left-handed mashing um, righty in Nick Castellanos. And he's in there today, like we said, in the two-spot. And probably taking some time away from Albert Almora and Ian Happ, who have both really struggled at the plate. But looking at the division, the Reds are almost in win-now mode all of a sudden that they have this ace starting pitcher that they're only going to have through next year, I believe. And they think maybe if they make a move or two in the offseason, they did trade away Scooter Jeanette as well yesterday to the Giants. But maybe they're a move or two away to shore up that lineup. They have the rotation now. Maybe they can make a run in the next coming years because it doesn't look like anybody in the Central is about to.
1: Right. Yeah, I think for for them, I think they know this year is not going to be it. So I think they're trying to gear it up and make a run for next year with Bauer. Bauer's always a good head to the rotation. They still got Sunny Gray, so they still and Castillo, got Castillo,
0: young guy, yeah. really good arm.
1: No, yeah, they got some pitching. So, so I mean, they did lose a couple pieces though if they want to Trammel. I know he's young, but he was probably going to make a run at it this year or next year in the MLB, so. so we'll see.
0: And Puig is tough to give up because he's he's the electricity on that team, but it's not like they're going to re-sign him anyway. So I'd take the Bauer for Puig straight up every day of the week, you know?
1: Right, yeah, they, they gave up electricity to get more electricity. Bauer, uh, he's unique. He, uh, he's he got a unique warm-up. He warms up for about four hours before every game. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, they, they're not lacking electricity. If I'm not mistaken, you met Trevor Bauer, right? I did. Yeah, before he was uh, really one of the best pitchers in the league. I did. I met him. I really didn't know who he was, but he was the only guy walking down uh, toward the dugout, so I asked for his autograph, and then now years later, I wish I would have got on a ball or something because I didn't want to waste a ball on Trevor Bauer.
0: (laughs) And In other news across the big leagues, the biggest move of the day came in at about 4.15 Eastern time after the deadline. And it was Zach Granke, one of the best pitchers in the National League, probably a Hall of Famer, um, gets traded from the Diamondbacks to the Astros to create that three-headed monster. And for Lander, Cole, and Granke to go into the postseason with. The Astros look scary, don't they?
1: They do. They really do look scary. Uh you can't, I mean, Verlander, you you can't even say anything about the playoffs. Verlander's always good in the playoffs. Garrett Cole struggled a little bit last year in the playoffs, but he's having the, probably the best year of his career. He's striking out everybody. And Zach Greenke's been doing it for years. His ERA's under three, well under three, and he's uh, he's just another one to add to that team. So they are scary looking moving forward.
0: It seems like everybody in their batting order is hitting right around 300 and everybody that they roll out to pitch pitches below three ERA. That's a really scary combination to go into the playoffs with.
1: It is, and uh, even when they got a guy out, you know, Correa's been out, Altuve's been out, they don't stop. They just uh, plug the next guy in, and uh, that's it. They keep rolling.
0: But for the rest of the year, they are going to be without Tony Kemp. I'm not sure how much of a difference that's going to make for them down the stretch, as they did acquire Martin Maldonado who I believe they said has been traded now twice in the last 16 days. He went from one of the worst teams in the league to uh, a middle of the pack with high upside in the Cubs and then goes to probably the World Series front runner in just a couple of weeks. So what a change of scenery twice for Martin Maldonado.
1: It is. Yeah, he, he's a former Astro. He's been on there before, so he's familiar with the system, familiar with the pitchers. So, uh, yeah, they're happy to have him back.
0: And... There were some other moves, not necessarily high-profile. Mike Leak switched teams. A few relievers went from, uh, from AL to NL. The Braves got uh, Shane Green from the Tigers, Mark Melanson from the Giants. I believe the Twins got Sam Dyson from the Giants. And amongst it all, both the Dodgers and the Yankees, two teams that desperately seem to need starting pitching for the Yankees and relief help for the Dodgers, just didn't get it. What's your take on that? Price is too high for some guys they're going after? They think they're they're fine with the team they have? What do you think it is?
1: Uh, well, the Dodgers, you know, they're, the last couple of years, they, they don't like to give up their system. They, they have that Gavin Lux guy that uh, they were trying to get Felipe Vasquez, but they didn't want to give up uh, their top prospect, who might be here this year, might be here next year. He's a shortstop second baseman. So they didn't want to give him up, and the Pirates wouldn't do it without him. But the Yankees really surprised me because they always make moves. Yankees always uh, attack their needs, but they must just think their, uh, their lineup's good enough to overcome the lack of starting pitching.
0: Yeah, I, I read an article uh, this morning, I believe it was, that said Brian Cashman, the Yankees GM, called 28 general managers, everyone obviously except for him and the Red Sox, and tried to get a deal done for a starting pitcher and just didn't have, he said, we didn't match up with any team. And to me, that just doesn't make sense. They have a boatload of prospects. They have a ton of Major League talent that they're not using because their team is so deep in terms of position players, and they couldn't get a deal done. And now they're going to have to go into the playoffs with Masahiro Tanaka as the one and CeCe as the two. Who else do they have? Yeah,
1: CeCe, maybe James Paxton. but
0: They have.
1: And, and, you know, those guys are okay, but when you look at Houston, New York's got a problem, and they play in that market where – they're not satisfied with winning the division. They're not satisfied with just getting in the playoffs or going to the ALCS. They want to win a title, and it's been 10 years for them. So that's real disappointing if you're a Yankees fan.
0: And another extremely alarming thing about it is the Yankees have one of the best bullpens maybe ever assembled. They've got Chapman back there. They've got Adovino. They've got Britton. And they have Batanzas who's injured. And they have Luis Severino, who's also injured. If those two guys can come back and make a difference... This Yankees team can look a lot better than it is right now.
1: Yeah, that bullpen's really scary. They only ask for about three, four innings from their starters, and they go to Britain, they go to everybody back there. So that's what their plan is, I'm sure, and Boone's, uh, that's what he's looking for. He's just looking for three or four innings from the starters in the playoffs and then go to that bullpen because you got a couple days off in between games occasionally. So that's what they're going for, leaning on that bullpen and that lineup.
0: And the other thing is when you get into the playoffs – Three, four innings is not a ton to ask of your starting pitcher. It's just it puts a lot of pressure on the bullpen to, to execute their pitches.
1: Yeah, no, it does. It definitely does. Um, but maybe when you ask for one inning from each guy each day, then maybe they'll be able to do it. That's mm. probably what they're going to go for.
0: And especially with the day off in between games and for travel in the postseason, mm. keeping your bullpen well-rested is not an extremely difficult thing to do by any means. And in terms of uh, other moves with the deadline, the other team in Chicago, the White Sox, who Bob primarily talks about, did not make many moves. I believe Nate Jones was the only real move they made. What's your take on that? Do you think the asking price for some of the guys that they had, they wanted a little bit more than um, they were being offered? Or do you think they're completely committed to winning next year? What do you think uh, from from Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, whoever else is up there in the uh, organization for the White Sox, decided not to sell, not to buy, but kind of stand pat this year.
1: Well, just about one of the only strengths of the team this year is the bullpen. They're uh, 36 and so, or, and one, when leading after six innings, so definitely teams were asking about that bullpen. Colum out there, um, but they have him for another year, and they're probably thinking, hey, we're going to compete next year, and we have a lockdown closure, so why look for one next year when we're competing? We'll just keep hold on to our guy and uh, use him again next year. They got guys like Aaron Bummer, who's really young. He found his sinker this year. They didn't want to get rid of him because they have control of him for five or six more years. So, yeah, they wanted to stand put in the bullpen because they know it's a luxury nowadays to have such a bullpen.
0: And it kind of seems like with the Indians trading away Trevor Bauer, they're going to lose Puig at the end of this year. They're not going to have Lindor forever. This seems maybe like the time... And the White Sox might have recognized this, that in the next year or so, they could kind of piggyback the Indians and compete with the Twins or win the division next year.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Lindor, bit almost a guarantee, 99%. He's not going to be there when his contract uh, ends. And so the Indians, for a long time, even with the move of Bauer, they're basically saying they're going one last time. And they want uh, the team that they have now to see what they can do with Jose Ramirez and everybody. So after this year... It's basically anyone's game. The Twins, they got Nelson Cruz. They're not, getting, uh, they're not too young, so maybe they have a couple more years of uh, competing left, and then the Sox will be uh, right up there with the rest of them.
0: And the Twins don't have a ton of pitching, so that could kind of implode in the next couple weeks. It couldn't last next year. A lot of question marks with the Twins, and it kind of leaves a wide-open division for the White Sox to take, assuming the Royals and Tigers don't get good all of a sudden, which it doesn't seem like they will.
1: Yeah that's, yeah, that's another uh, probably another reason they didn't um, sell to get younger because uh, you can only get so young. At some point, you got to put some talent out there and uh, try to win some games, and that's what I think uh, they try, they're trying to do by not selling. So
0: now we've broken down most of the moves made that general managers and teams have made to kind of shore up their roster for the postseason or retool and revamp for next year. So let's get into some predictions about the way some divisions and the playoffs are going to wrap up. You're uh, our American League expert, so we'll start there in the American League. Who do you think wins the AL Central?
1: The AL Central? I I think the Twins are going to hold on. I do. If uh, the Indians had held on to Bauer, I would say uh, they would have a better shot. But I do think the Twins are going to hold on and win the division.
0: Yeah, I think, I think the Indians have been red hot as of late. And like you said, they're going to give it one last go of it. Maybe Puig's the spark plug they need offensively. And maybe they get all three of those pitchers in Kluber, Salazar, and Carrasco back and pitching maybe 80% of what they mm-hmm. were. I'll take the Indians to win that division. Um, I think the Twins are kind of just barely trying to hang on right now. and They might not have enough left in the tank. Um, how about the AL East?
1: I definitely think the Yankees are going to hold on. Yeah, they they just they have too much in that lineup and in that bullpen. to blow. T- they're not going to blow too many games, and that lineup's going to support them. So I do think the Yankees will hold on. They, they still score enough runs.
0: Yeah, I'll take the Yankees in that division too. I really don't think Boston or the Rays are going to make it that close, especially since both teams had needs at the deadline that kind of went unanswered. Boston didn't go get a closer. The Rays didn't um, supplement their lineup at all and they still have some injuries um, to deal with. They did get Jesus Aguilar, but he's having one of the worst years of his career, so I don't think that's going to help them too much. Snell's injured. now still hurt. So the Rays might be on their way down too, so we'll see how that division shakes out. We're both taking the Yankees. How about the AL West? I don't think I even need to ask this. Astros win it. You yeah. think same thing?
1: Yeah, for sure, the Astros. They, they're just too good. And it's it's a, it's, it's kind of sad because Oakland's got a really good team. I think if they were in the Central, they might win the Central, but they're just in the AL West, and they, they're not going to win the division over the Astros.
0: And poor Mike Trout with 35 homers and 88 RBIs. Just not going to be in the playoffs again, most likely, unless they go on some sort of run for the second wild card spot. Who do you have winning the wild cards?
1: Uh, The wild cards I have the Indians, just because their schedule is very easy going forward, along with the Twins because they both play in the Central. They're playing a lot against the Royals and the Tigers. The Sox. The Royals and the Tigers. So um, I do think the Indians are going to get that wild card, and I think it's going to go to the Red Sox. I, I love Oakland, but I just think the Red Sox are going to squeak in and play the Indians and then play the Yankees.
0: Yeah, I I'm obviously I'm taking the Indians to win that division. I don't know I I don't know about the Twins. I'd like in a perfect world, Red Sox A's to be the wild card with Tampa and the Twins just missing, and I'd also love to see the Angels go on a run, but I'm not too sure how likely that is. So I say we keep going with the bracket here in the AL. I've got. It being Reds, A's, Red Sox, A's. Um, I'll take the, the Red Sox in the play-in game. I think Chris Sales got a little too much um, for the A's to handle. So I'll go then the Red Sox against the Yankees. The Yankees have pretty much destroyed the Red Sox all year long. Um, so I'll take the Yankees in that series. I have the Astros beating the Indians and then Astros-Yankees to go to the World Series. I'll leave it at that until we have the two from the NL. So, Bob, take it away.
1: So, yeah, I have the Red Sox and the Indians. And I would take the Indians, but no more Bowers. Who's pitching that game? Yeah, I know. I mean, it might be Kluber if he's back. Clevenger, maybe. Mike Clevenger, he's been pretty good in his career. So, I I am going to take the Red Sox. Um, It'll probably be in Cleveland. But Chris Sale pitches well on the road, actually, this year. He's been better than at Fenway, so I, I'm going to take the Red Sox. And then against the Yankees, I just don't think... I mean, it, it's going to be a very high-scoring series. No one's got much pitching in that and those two clubs, but it's going to be a great... I think it'll be a five-gamer that the Yankees win. And then uh, I think the Astros and the Twins is actually going to be a very interesting series. The Twins play the Astros pre- pretty well early in the year. Uh, I think that's going to be a sneaky good series, but I think the Astros do uh, prevail, so I'm I'm with you on Yankees-Astros.
0: Yeah, also we kind of assumed the Yankees would be that number one seed, even though it looks right now like the Astros will be. Um, not sure why subconsciously I did that, mm-hmm. but I think either way, no matter how it stacks up, um, it'll be Yankees-Astros in the CS.
1: Yeah, no, I, I did the same thing, but I agree there. I think it'll be Yankees-Astros.
0: Um, then the National League. You don't really need to ask me much. I think the Cubs are going to win the Central. I think they made the biggest move to bettering their team, and I think even without it, they are the most talented team in the Central. So I'll take the Cubs to win there. Um, The the West looks like the Dodgers division. I think they're like two games away from clinching right now. (laughs) And in the East, I've liked the Braves all year long. I think the Braves win that division, and I do think the Nationals squeak into a wild card. And I'm not sure who they're going to play yet. I'm waiting for somebody in the West, the Rockies maybe, who don't look that great right now to make a run. Otherwise, I think Cardinals, Brewers, um, whoever's better between the two, probably the Cardinals will take on the Nationals in the playing game. And then I'll take um, the Nationals to beat the Cardinals, and the Nationals, Dodgers, Cubs, Braves. Um, I don't know if the Cubs have have it in the if it was if the series was happening right now, I'd take the Braves for sure. I think the Cubs need a little bit more time to gel. But um since we're making these predictions right now, I'll take the Braves there. Um Dodgers, I think, will beat the Nationals in a in a closer series than people will give it um credit for because the Nationals pitching staff is unreal. Um Dodgers, Braves. I'll have the Braves beating the Dodgers and going to the World Series. And then uh They'll play the Astros, and the Astros will win the World Series.
1: Do you say Dodgers-Astros? So repeat?
0: Braves-Astros. Uh,
1: Braves-Astros. Got gotcha. you. So no, that, oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> so I think, obviously, the Dodgers are going to win the West. They've won it like six years in a row. They're going to win it again, five or six years in a row. They're just too good. They're better than the rest of the – the other teams are middle of the pack, and the Dodgers aren't middle of the pack. They're just too good right now. Um, Yeah, the Braves are going to hold on to the East. And earlier, when I was last on here, I said the Brewers were going to win the Central. I'm going to stick with that. (laughs) I do think the Brewers are going to win the Central. Um, I I, I think the Cardinals will fall off. I do. I don't think Carlos Martinez is uh, the closer of the rest of the year. I mean, I don't think he has it in him. So I think the Cardinals will fall off. And then um, for the wild card, I think it'll be the Phillies. I said the Phillies. I do like the Phillies, um, and I think they'll play the Nationals. So Phillies Nationals. So that Aaron Nola, Max Scherzer game. That's uh, one heck of a game shaping up to be. Uh, I'll take the Nationals because you can't bet against Max Scherzer. Just, you can't do that. Especially so if, they if also got a black eye. made. They're another team that made a couple sneaky good moves uh, to help out that bullpen yeah, that's been did. so atrocious this year. And so that's all. That's you know that's really their only problem. They got a good lineup. They got good pitching starters. And they addressed that bullpen, so I, I think the Nationals will get to play the Dodgers, and the Braves will get to play the Brewers, and
0: same same I think as last year, Braves Brewers, um, Dodgers played the Rockies instead of the Nationals, but otherwise Brewers the same team.
1: The Rockies Dodgers play the Braves. Yeah, because Brewers are the one. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, right, 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 right. Even yeah. though the Dodgers were the better team. Yeah, for sure. And never would do that. But yeah, no, I think it'll be. Um, the Dodgers and the Brewers rem- rematch of last year. That's what I'm going to call. And I say the Dodgers get there and they're going to play the Yankees. I, I'm not, I do think their lineup, after all, is going to beat the Astros. I know the I Astros have the pitching. That.
0: I wanted to pick that. I know the
1: Astros have the pitching, but I just think that with that iconic lineup, I mean, they're just too stacked. They're going to score too many runs. I think the Yankees will win a six or seven game series against the Astros, despite the Astros moves.
0: And how about in the World Series, Yankees or Dodgers?
1: Uh, I think it's a Dodgers year. Ooh. I do. I think okay. it's a Dodgers year. I did uh, it, looks like it this right? Year. Now, right? I, I just think it's a Dodgers year. Um, I know Kenley Jansen's been struggling and the bullpen in general's been struggling, but I mean, I just think their their starters can take them deep enough and I think they will. Win the World Series.
0: So I've got the Astros, and Bob has the Dodgers as it is right now. Um, before you go, I want to ask you a few questions just baseball-related um, about the – one question about the Cubs, and then two just about baseball in general. So the first one um, is Cubs-related. In in the postseason series where you probably won't use all five starters, and you got to think Lester, Hamels, Hendricks are going to be locks as those three –
1: how is Hamill's recovering?
0: Uh, he should be back Saturday mm, against good. the Brewers. That's what they we're hoping him. for. Um, so if you're looking at that, do you make, like, you Darvish some type of hybrid reliever in the postseason?
1: Um, they could do something similar to the Dodgers with Kent Maeda or uh, Urias. Um, they could do that. So, yeah, I do think he'll be, like, a, maybe if a starter's struggling coming in the fourth or the fifth, and uh, probably pitch till the seventh of the eighth because I, I do think he'll be a middle reliever.
0: One thing I've noticed about Darvish, especially as of late, it's like the first few innings he looks like a Cy Young candidate, and then he just runs out of gas. It seems like fifth, sixth inning, like he powers through it, gives up one, two runs. He had a two, nine, three in July. But that coming out of the bullpen with the six different pitches that he throws, I wouldn't want to see that. No, that
1: would definitely be scary. So, yeah, no, I think that's a good idea. and Teams have been doing that for a few years now. Nathan Avaldi went to the bullpen last year and ended up actually I mean, closing a few games. Bumgarner
0: had a six-inning save in like Game 7 yeah. in 2014, I think it was.
1: Yeah, starters have become important in the bullpen in the playoffs, so if the Cubs do get there, that's probably a good move to move Darvish out there.
0: And then lastly, the final two questions I want to ask, I've been asking most guests on this podcast, um, what is batting around? Is it when nine the ninth hitter bats or does the tenth hitter have to bat?
1: Uh, I think batting around has to if the tenth guy has to bat again. Okay, I do think the tenth guy because I mean, then that's just you didn't really you you still bat around everyone batted in that inning, but I think the first guy who was up in the inning has to bat a second time in the inning. Okay, to be batting. I've
0: I've always been on the page of um, it just if nine guys come to the plate,
1: technically. Then
0: the other one is. What is striking out the side? Do you have to go one, two, three in strikeouts, or can you go strikeout, strikeout, single, strikeout?
1: I mean, to a certain extent, I think you can go strikeout, strikeout, single, strikeout, and it's still striking out the side. But, I mean, it's not just striking out three guys in the inning. I don't think you can give up any runs in strikeout. I mean, it's still striking out the side, but it doesn't have the same effect.
0: Okay, gotcha. So
1: I do think it has to be like a dominant type inning.
0: And I think that's about all the time Bob has today. We're going to have to to let him go. But if any of you guys listening are hungry, check out Coach's Bar and Grill at 6169 North Northwest Highway. It's great food, great ownership over there. I'm not old enough, but if you want to have a drink, it's a great place to do that as well. Made by the neighborhood for the neighborhood. That's Coach's Bar and Grill. And, Bob, thanks for your time. I want to go to Coach's soon.
1: We'll head up Coach's this weekend. Thanks, Ann.
0: And that's all the time we have here today on the Cubs Corner podcast. Thank you to Bob Fiorante for joining us to break down the trade deadline. Cubs are in action tonight against the Cardinals, and then they travel to Milwaukee to take or no, they host Milwaukee to take on the Brewers. That's all the time we have here today. Thank you all for coming to the Cubs Corner.